0: Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We are working our way through Robert Paul and Greg Smalley's book, Nine Lies That Will Destroy Your Marriage. We ended last week's broadcast as we were beginning to look at love lie number six. Our differences are irreconcilable. What is it that enables some couples to thrive amid significant personality differences while other couples continually squabble over each and every perceived slight? Pastor and author Max Locato points to the answer. Conflict is inevitable, but combat is optional. Not only is combat optional, here's even better news for you. If you and your spouse can learn how to handle conflict in healthy ways, you will experience greater trust, openness, mutual respect, and other bonds that help love and intimacy grow. You know, it's amazing, but true. If we learn how to handle the natural conflicts that typically arise between us as we live our lives, Conflict can actually be our pathway to deeper intimacy as we learn to take full advantage of our differences. We learn to make those differences work for us rather than against us. Our authors totally reject the idea that the ends justify the means. Many people either believe, or they act as if they believe, that it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you end up in a good place. Our authors say it's hard for them to calculate how much damage and pain has resulted from marital battles, regardless of whether they got to a resolution or not. Therefore, they believe that how you get from point A to point B is every bit as important as where you end up. They propose that couples approach working through differences and dealing with conflict only using methods that are respectful and kind kind of like you're actually dealing with someone you like, maybe even love, rather than an enemy. They are suggesting that in the long run, you can't afford to have marital conflict that leads to casualties. You know, God creates each one of us as a unique person. There are no carbon copies when it comes to humans. This human diversity is what makes marriage frustrating at times, But our differences also make marriage exciting and life-changing. And since we are unique, we really need to understand each other's personalities. There are many different online assessments available that can help you in this area. Greg Smalley and John Trent created one many years ago called The Four Animals Personality Test. This assessment is available on the Focus on the Family website at no charge. Two others that I have used are the flag page, available at flagpage.com, and yada, available at yada.com. The flag page was developed by Mark Gunger and some of his staff. Yada was developed by Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott. The flag page and yada both have fees associated with them. Many irritations that couples experience are simply due to being wired differently. So it's important that you know how each of you is wired so you don't falsely assign reasons for each other's behavior. Have you ever noticed when you and your spouse argue that the fight often has an almost eerily memorable flavor no matter what you disagree about? Have you ever thought, Wow, this feels strangely familiar, like we've been here before. It's almost like a recurring dream, or maybe it's a nightmare. Our authors say that the typical issues most people disagree about include money, household chores, children, sex, work, leisure time, and in-laws. According to them, these are the topics you think are driving the conflict, but often they're not. Here's what really happens during arguments that go south. One of your buttons gets pushed. Buttons? Yes, we've all got them. They're your tender spots. The places where you are the most vulnerable. The sensitive places in your heart that are easily triggered, usually because they reflect something unpleasant or painful from your past. They may be there because of a single incident or because of repeated, related circumstances over the years. There are no ways to avoid having these buttons. We live in a fallen world with imperfect fallen people. There's just no way to go through life without getting stung along the way. No matter how wonderful your family and childhood were, pain, fear, and sadness touch us all. Buttons often take us to deep, sometimes dark emotions that evoke mysterious feelings or patterns of thought inside us that frequently remain outside of our normal awareness. We may not immediately be able to pinpoint exactly which button got pushed, but we sure feel that one did. Reflect with me for a moment. Have you ever been in a conversation where buttons are being pushed? One minute you're having a conversation with your spouse about money or household chores, and the next minute one or both of you suddenly feel unloved? Disrespected, rejected, like a failure, controlled, abandoned, inadequate, worthless, not good enough, invalidated, unimportant, misunderstood. It's easy to tell when buttons get pushed in a conversation with your partner. Typically, the feelings escalate quickly and become intense. A conversation that begins with questions such as, Well, where do you think we can trim our budget? Leads you to feeling like this. You really don't love me. No one ever really loved me. Now, that may be a bit of an exaggeration, but sometimes not much. Our buttons can be triggered by specific words, events, or circumstances. We never see it coming. But once a button is pushed, we experience a strong emotional charge. Old memories emerge. Complex feelings flood over you. You momentarily lose control of your behavior. Some people become extremely emotional. There's no reason and rationality when you respond to a button. It's off to the races with pure, powerful emotions. At first, this generally happens below our conscious awareness. Have you ever had a conversation where afterwards you stop and say, Why in the world did I ever say that horrible thing to the person I love? Your button was pushed, maybe more than one. Have you ever slammed a door? Cursed under your breath? Thrown a plate? Kicked the dog? Your button was pushed. This happens to all of us in one form or another, and it happens quickly and below our conscious awareness. However, just because it begins in the unconscious realm doesn't mean it has to stay there. But it's almost impossible to avoid. Pushing another person's buttons is incredibly easy. When our buttons get pushed, we feel something, and generally we don't like the feeling. So we do something to try to make the feelings go away. That's our reaction. And it's almost always a knee-jerk response. Rarely do we give it much thought. We just react. I'll use one of our authors, Greg, as an example. See if you can relate to his story. Like us, Greg's buttons are tender spots that literally feel like bruises. Some of his biggest are feeling like a failure, feeling misunderstood, feeling that things are unfair, and feeling controlled. Well, what happens when one or more of his buttons are pushed? His heart closes and he reacts. Our authors say that people typically react with one of three responses. Fight, engaging in an argument. Flight, fleeing from conflict. Or freeze, paralyzed by fear. In Greg's case, when any of those buttons are pushed, his natural knee-jerk reaction will be to defend himself, to try to fix it, to rationalize, to seek to avoid his feelings and or withdraw. All of these reactions are an attempt to make the unpleasant feelings go away. Likewise, Greg's wife Erin has her own buttons. She doesn't like those feelings either. Like Greg and the rest of us, when any of her buttons get pushed, Erin will typically react in one of her rehearsed ways, quickly and without much thought. She too wants these feelings gone. Well, over the years, Greg and Aaron have found what happens to be both bizarre and predictable. No matter who first has a button pushed and reacts, if they are anywhere near their spouse, they will almost always push the button of the other person. Our authors call this the reactive cycle. This cycle of button-reaction-button-reaction can amp up quickly and intensely. So, what do people normally do to stop the madness? Well, when Greg's buttons are pushed, where will he focus his energy and attention? He'll try to get Aaron to stop or change her reactions. It makes sense, but that strategy immediately hurts everyone. How much righteous power and control does Greg have over Aaron's free will? None. In order to get Aaron to change her behavior, he has to figure out how to convince her to act differently. As a result, she will normally feel invalidated, judged, criticized, and unloved. And to make matters worse, if Greg succeeds in manipulating and or controlling her into behaving differently, even if it's better for her in the end, he's had to become manipulative and controlling to get there. That's not how the Lord handles us when we use our will poorly. We know Greg ultimately wants to be more conformed to the image of our Lord. Well, our time is gone for today. Before we go, I want to invite you to join me on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page for some live teaching about relationships. If you don't use Facebook or the time's not convenient, you can visit my website, mutualunderstanding.net, and click on the MUM Live tab to listen to the recorded teachings. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at dot org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.